I'm not advocating for a theocracy run by religious zealots. Hello there and welcome to Season 12, Episode 4 of the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. I'm so glad you're here today. A lot of you are new listeners and it really thrills my heart to have you aboard. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and I believe with every fiber of my being that the Bible has the answers that so many people are looking for today. Specifically, I believe, no, I know from my personal experience that a personal relationship with Jesus is the way to have peace in your heart in the midst of the chaos and turmoil that is currently happening around us. This is the daily podcast where we're going to read the entire Bible in a year. If you've never read the entire Bible, or if you've never read the Bible before, I hope that as we go through it, I can make this year informative and even entertaining as I talk about what we're reading each day. I'm always open to your comments, and I'll read some of them on the show. You can comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Today we're going to read from the book of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 6. I'll be reading from the New American Standard, after which I'll share some comments. And after that, we'll have the On This Day in Church History segment and then prayer requests. Before we begin reading, how about a short introduction to the book of Isaiah? This book is the first of what are considered the books of prophecy. Now, most people, when they hear that word, prophecy, uh, they think of telling the future. And sometimes it does, but that's only a part of what prophecy is. A biblical prophet is a person who speaks for God. God has actually given them a specific message, and usually for a specific person or specific group of people, and God tasks the prophet to deliver that message. Now, by the way, the prophet Isaiah was a little bit like the Billy Graham of his time. Billy Graham counseled every president from Harry S. Truman to Barack Obama, 12 consecutive presidents. His active ministry years stretched from 1943 to 2013, 70 years. And as an aside, I had the privilege to interview Dr. Graham's longtime friend and musical director, George Beverly Shea, on the LifeSpring podcast in 2006. If you're interested, I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes. Now, Isaiah's ministry lasted from about 740 B.C. to around 680 B.C., roughly 60 years. And unlike some of the other biblical prophets, Isaiah had personal access to the kings of his day. And like Billy Graham, Isaiah maintained an international perspective in his ministry and throughout the book of Isaiah. Now, of course, with a 60-year ministry, God gave Isaiah more than one message. Isaiah spoke to the people about caring for the poor and needy, following God's instructions on how to live, and pursuing social and economic justice. Yeah, sounds like it. maybe he could have ministered today, right? And then, of course, he spoke of coming judgment because of Israel's failure. But, and this is important, he also spoke of God's promise to restore Israel if and when they would turn from their errant ways and return to him. So, let's get started. Isaiah chapter 1 The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, which he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. 
Alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from Him. Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, strangers are devouring them in your presence. It is desolation as overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman's hut in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts had left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom, we would be like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord is spoken. How the faithful city has become a harlot, she who was full of justice. Righteousness once lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your drink diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and chases after rewards. They do not defend the orphan, nor does the widow's plea come before them. Therefore the Lord of hosts, the Mighty One of Israel, declares, Ah, I will be relieved of my adversaries and avenge myself on my foes. I will also turn my hand against you and will smelt away your dross as with lye and will remove all your alloy. Then I will restore your judges as at the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. After that, you will be called the city of righteousness, a faithful city. Zion will be redeemed with justice, and her repentant ones with righteousness. But transgressors and sinners will be crushed together, and those who forsake the Lord will come to an end. Surely you will be ashamed of the oaks which you have desired, and you will be embarrassed at the gardens which you have chosen. For you will be like an oak whose leaf fades away, or as a garden that has no water. The strong man will become tender, 
His work also was spark. Thus they shall both burn together, and there will be none to quench them. Isaiah chapter 2 The word which Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. Come, house of Jacob, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob, because they are filled with influences from the east, and they are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they strike bargains with the children of foreigners. Their land has also been filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land has also been filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land has also been filled with idols. They worship the work of their hands, that which their fingers have made. So the common man has been humbled, and the man of importance has been abased. But do not forgive them. Enter the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of His majesty. The proud look of man will be abased, and the loftiness of man will be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty, and against everyone who is lifted up, that he may be abased. And it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up, against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, against all the hills that are lifted up, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. The pride of man will be humbled, and the loftiness of men will be abased, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day, but the idols will completely vanish. Men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty, when He arises to make the earth tremble. In that day men will cast away to the moles and the bats their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship, in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty, when He arises to make the earth tremble. Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? Isaiah chapter 3 For behold, the Lord God of hosts is going to remove from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water. The mighty man and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the honorable man, the counselor and the expert artisan, and the skillful enchanter. And I will make mere lads their princes, and capricious children will rule over them, and the people will be oppressed, each one by another, and each one by his neighbor. The youth will storm against the elder, and the inferior against the honorable. When a man lays hold of his brother in his father's house, saying, 
You have a cloak, you shall be our ruler, and these ruins will be under your charge. He will protest on that day, saying, I will not be your healer, for in my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You should not appoint me ruler of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their actions are against the Lord, to rebel against His glorious presence. The expression of their faces bears witness against them, and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly with them, for what he deserves will be done to him. O my people, their oppressors are children, and women rule over them. O my people, those who guide you will lead you astray and confuse the direction of your paths. The Lord arises to contend and stands to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment with the elders and princes of His people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The plunder of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord God of hosts. Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are proud and walk with heads held high and seductive eyes and go along with mincing steps and tinkle the bangles on their feet, therefore the Lord will afflict the scalp of the daughters of Zion with scabs, and the Lord will make their foreheads bare. In that day the Lord will take away the beauty of their anklets, headbands, crescent ornaments, dangling earrings, bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle chains, sashes, perfume boxes, amulets, finger rings, nose rings, festal robes, outer tunics, cloaks, money purses, hand mirrors, undergarments, turbans, and veils. Now it will come about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be putrefaction. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a donning of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. Your men will fall by the sword, and your mighty ones in battle. And her gates will lament and mourn, and deserted she will sit on the ground. Isaiah chapter 4 For seven women will take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. In that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. Isaiah chapter 5 Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it all around, removed its stones, and planted it with the choicest vine. And he built a tower in the middle of it, and also hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. 
And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard than what I have not done in it? Why, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So now let me tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it will be consumed. I will break down its wall, and it will become trampled ground. It will lay waste. It will not be pruned or hoed, but briars and thorns will come up. I will also charge the clouds to rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his delightful plant. Thus he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold, a cry of distress. Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there is no more room, so that you have to live alone in the midst of the land. In my ears the Lord of hosts has sworn, Surely many houses shall become desolate, even great and fine ones without occupants. For ten acres of vineyard will yield only one bath of wine, and a homer of seed will yield but an ephah of grain. Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may pursue strong drink, who stay up late in the evening, that wine may inflame them. Their banquets are accompanied by lyre and harp, by tambourine and flute, and by wine. But they do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord, nor do they consider the work of His hands. Therefore my people go into exile for their lack of knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude is parched with thirst. Therefore Sheol has enlarged its throat and opened its mouth without measure, and Jerusalem's splendor, her multitude, her den of revelry, and the jubilant within her descend into it. So the common man will be humbled, and the man of importance abased. The eyes of the proud will also be abased, but the Lord of hosts will be exalted in judgment, and the holy God will show himself holy in righteousness." Then the lambs will graze as in their pasture, and strangers will eat in the waste places of the wealthy. Woe to those who drag iniquity with the cords of falsehood, and sin as if with cart ropes, who say, Let him make speed, let him hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the purpose of the Holy One of Israel draw near, and come to pass that we may know it. Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine, and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe, and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes stubble, and dry grass collapses into the flame, so their root will become like rot and their blossom blow away as dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. On this account the anger of the Lord has burned against His people, and He has stretched out His hand against them, and struck them down. And the mountains quaked, and their corpses lay like refuse in the middle of the streets. For all this His anger is not spent, but His hand is still stretched out. He will also lift up a standard to the distant nation, and will whistle for it from the ends of the earth. And behold, it will come with speed swiftly. No one in it is weary or stumbles, nor slumbers or sleeps. Nor is the belt at its waist undone. 
nor its sandal strap broken. Its arrows are sharp, and all its bows are bent. The hooves of its horses seem like flint, and its chariot wheels like a whirlwind. Its roaring is like a lioness, and it roars like young lions. It growls as it seizes its prey and carries it off with no one to deliver it. And it will growl over it in that day like the roaring of the sea. If one looks to the land, behold, there is darkness and distress. Even the light is darkened by its clouds. Isaiah chapter 6 In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out, while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will again be subject to burning, like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. I like the way chapter 2 ends. It says, Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? The NIV says it a little bit more clearly. It says there, Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Beloved, I am as interested in politics as anybody else is. These days, it's kind of hard to escape political talk, isn't it? But we need to keep in mind that no politician, no supposed leader, is going to save us. No president, no governor, no prime minister, no king will ever come up with a plan to right the wrongs or save the economy. The sooner we recognize this, the sooner we'll be able to look to the one who has the answer. That one is the king of kings. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not advocating for a theocracy run by religious zealots. When Jesus walked the earth, some of his followers thought he was going to establish an earthly kingdom then. And when it became clear that his mission did not include that agenda, one of the twelve disciples, Judas, betrayed him into the hands of those who ultimately crucified him. Jesus' mission when he was here was to bring the message of salvation, not of conquest. 
His goal was to change hearts, and I believe that's our mission today. As a matter of fact, we know that's our mission because he gave us that mission with his last words before ascending into heaven. Here's what he said. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus told us to go and make disciples. Our mission is to tell people the good news that God came in human form and He made a way for them to be reconciled with God and to live with Him in eternity. Beloved, when a heart is turned toward God, that is when peace begins. Now, as we read through Isaiah, and many of the other Old Testament books, it's important to keep in mind that when God speaks of and then brings judgment on Israel and other nations, it comes with a message of warning first, then with a promise of restoration. So many people have the idea that the God we see in the Old Testament is angry and vengeful and just waiting for you to blow it so he can, bam, bring judgment. But in reality... He is a God of second and third and tenth chances. He's a patient and loving and forgiving God. You'll see that as we make our way through the Bible together this year. Now, I always invite your comments, and I'll share some of those comments from the LifeSpring family on the show. Remember, I don't want you to just listen to the show. I want you to participate as a family does. You are very much a part of the show. So comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. And you can also email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Up next is This Day in Church History. But first, I want to thank the folks who have been streaming, boosting, and sending boostograms. You guys are awesome. And I say guys in the generic sense, since I don't have any way of identifying who's sending them. I'm still learning how to use these tools. I heard James Cridland on a recent episode of the Podland podcast respond to a boostergram, and he said the name of the sender, so I know there's a tool to do that. If you know what that tool is, let me know. But streaming sats and such is a perfect way to do the value-for-value thing that I've been talking to you about. But there's also the good old donation of dollars, which you can do just by going to support.lifespringmedia.com. Your support is how this show will be able to continue, and I'm blown away at the support that the family has shown thus far. Bless your hearts. Now, speaking of boostograms, here's what came in on my last report. Brian said, and I know it's Brian because he signed his name on this one, he said, I'm very excited to go on this journey with you this year. Thank you for your dedication and excellent work. Value for value. Boost! (laughs) Brian, thank you so much. And then another boostogram just says, Fountain. And this person sent this boost just about the time I was talking yesterday about the Fountain app. So that's very cool. And then this last one has a comment on yesterday's subject. It said, Interestingly, Dr. Michael Heiser argues in his book, The Unseen Realm, that the Satan figure in Job is not the devil or serpent of Genesis. Well, that is interesting. I wasn't familiar with Dr. Heiser or his book, so I did a little bit of nosing around to find out what I could. Obviously, I haven't had time to dig deeply or read the book, but it's got 4.8 stars on Amazon with 4,458 ratings. 
<laughs> so shame on me for not being aware of it. But in my defense, I've been out of the Christian bookstore business for about 35 years, and, and I'm just a bit busy with this show. Anyway, I did find an article by Kenneth Birding, who's a professor of New Testament at the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. The article's title is, Why Michael Heiser is Probably Wrong About Satan in the Book of Job. Well, I did quickly read that article, and it seems to be well-reasoned. And I think it's important to say at this time, too, that Professor Birding does not at all attack Heiser. He has some good things to say about him. He just has a different perspective. But having not read the book, I can't comment on where I come down on Heiser's ideas. But I will say that this falls under what I call a peripheral matter. It's interesting, but not central to what we believe as believers. It's an outlying issue and certainly not worth creating animus about. And thanks very much for the input. I wish I knew your name. I do appreciate your Boostergram, and I look forward to hearing from you again. Boost! <laughs> I'm really thankful for your support, guys. This is the way the show will be able to continue. On this day in church history, September 3rd, 1752, this date, September 3rd, became September 14th, when Great Britain, including Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and the American colonies, officially adopted the Gregorian calendar developed by Pope Gregory VIII in 1582 to replace the older, now inaccurate, Julian calendar. And on this date in 1995, Dutch-born Catholic priest and educator Henry Nouwen confides in his journal, quote, Prayer connects my mind with my heart my will with my passions, my brain with my belly. Prayer is the divine instrument of my wholeness, unity, and inner peace. Well, that's very well stated, wouldn't you say? And speaking of prayer, let's go to prayer requests. Sean sent an email today, and before his prayer requests, he said, Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for producing this podcast. It couldn't have come at a better time for me. Well, Sean, you're welcome, and thank you for being there. I'm so glad to know that God's timing is still perfect, and thank you for your prayer requests. Here are Sean's prayer requests. He says, My beautiful wife is on edge from the normal struggles of life in addition to all the extreme new changes in society. She and I have so much to be grateful for, but we also have a tremendous number of concerns, not least of which is how we establish our relationship in our young marriage. I would also like prayers for my mother and father as they're both facing medical concerns. There are absolute treasures to the lives of many people and none of us want to see them burdened or restricted by medical issues. I also have one specific friend in mind that has walked away from God. He's struggling with a sense of purpose as well as isolation from friends and family. On top of all that, he also got some terrible medical news recently. I'm praying that whatever was detected isn't as big of a threat as we think it might be. Of course, my advice is for him to seek God again, not that it will solve his problems, but so that he can be comforted and have that sense of love, belonging, and purpose that comes from having a loving relationship with our Creator. And Sean continues, Finally, I have several people in my small group and my whole church that need prayers. The Holy Spirit knows each and every one of those concerns, so I ask that He can intervene on our behalf and help in the best way for us to serve His will. Well, Sean, thank you for that, and we will certainly incorporate those prayer requests in our prayer today. 
So, beloved, let's join together in prayer. Our gracious and loving and capable Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are God and you listen and that you're moved by our heartbreaks and by our needs. Again, I want to thank you for this show and the fellowship of family that's coming around it. I thank you for those that are listening, and I thank you that your word has told us that you want us to bring our petitions to you. And so we do that right now. God, I pray for Sean and his wife that uh, you would be with them as they are building uh, their young marriage. Draw them close to you. I'm not going to ask, Lord, that you take the, the roadblocks of life away, because I know that in my own marriage with the lovely Lady Leanne, we've had some big difficulties, but through that, you've brought us together. And I pray, God, that as life gets difficult sometimes, that you would uh, use those difficulties, Lord, to bring Sean and his wife together in a beautiful um, partnership and oneness that marriage is supposed to be. I pray, God, that you would be with her heart, that you would calm her heart with the difficulties that uh, they're having right now, with all, well, the difficulties that all of us are having right now with the things that are going on in the world, the, the extreme new changes in society, as Sean puts it in, in his email. I pray for Sean's mom and dad, Lord, as uh, they're getting older, uh, they're facing medical concerns, and uh, as somebody that's in that uh, same club, yeah, we, we do face medical concerns. Uh, but I thank you, God, that they are treasures to so many people, and I pray, Lord, that you would uh, restore health to them as much as possible, Lord, uh, even to perfect health. You can do that, but help them, Lord, to continue to be a blessing to those around them. I pray for this friend of Sean's who has decided to walk away from you. Lord, you, you tell us in your word that if we raise up our children in the way they should go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And I don't know if this friend of Sean's was raised uh, to believe in you, but he has heard the word. He, he knows you. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, either use Sean or another person in his life to bring him back to fellowship with you. I've prayed this for my own son many times, and I continue to pray that prayer. Uh, we rely on the promise that uh, you'll bring them back if we've raised them to know you. And, uh, yeah, we always have the, the choice to just turn our back on you, but I pray that you'll continue to work on them until they do come back to faith. I pray for Sean's small group and his church. Uh, whenever there's a group of people, there's always going to be difficulties. Uh, we humans have our, our faults, our foibles, and our failures, and I pray, God, that you would work to bring unity again to this church and uh, that you would work in all the difficulties that they're probably having, again, because of COVID and, and other things. And uh, on that same vein, Lord, I lift up my youngest son's church. Um, I know they've uh, had a split. Um, there's been some difficulties. But I thank you, God, that you've continued to uh, hold that fellowship together. And I pray, Lord, that as they search for a new pastor, that you would bring just the right person to be that pastor. And I thank you for the faithful people that are continuing the work there. And now I pray for my friend Dell Lord. I pray, I've been praying for he and his wife, Kathy. Um, we got good news today that the uh, pacemaker, pacemaker surgery that Dell just recently had is healing well. Uh, that, that's a praise, and we thank you for that. I uh, haven't heard any uh, news on Kathy, Lord, but you know exactly where she's at and what's happening. And I just pray, God, that the doctors will be able to... Uh, fine-tune her medications and uh, make it so that her pain uh, is lessened. And we pray, God, for another remission 
of the cancer that's in her body. And I pray for my wife, Lord, at work that uh, you would bring the sales that she needs. She's in the car business, and right now that business is really struggling. And I just pray, God, that you would continue to uh, bring people that need cars and will be blessed by new cars for their family. Uh, Bring them into Leanne and help her to make the sales that she needs. And lastly, Lord, I pray for wisdom as I produce this show. I pray, God, that you'll give me the words to say. My words aren't the important words, Lord. Yours are. But help me, Lord, to present your words in a way that will help people to draw closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you mind if I share a review that was posted about my book, Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide on Amazon? Quantum Greg gave the book five stars and said, Very thorough, very valuable, especially if you're a preacher or teacher or record Bible readings. Highly recommend. I remember the old King James Bible used to have pronunciation markings on all the proper names in the text, but this seems to be a very rare thing these days. But this book not only has the King James spellings of the Bible words, but also the spelling used in all the major modern translations of the Bible. I love that, and I didn't have to say anything. (laughs) When you buy the book, you're helping to support the show, and because you're helping, I want to give you a discount since you are part of the LifeSpring family. When you check out, be sure to use discount code PODCAST, and I'll give you a 25% discount, but only at BibleNames.link. Well, on today's show, we've had boostograms, we've had comments, but we haven't had reviews come in yet. So if you like the show, I'd love it if you'd go to reviews.lifespringmedia.com and leave a review. Why? Well, here's the reason. If you say where in the world you're at in your review, we'll know where you're listening. I know that people listen all over the world, but hearing from you really makes it real. And by the way, I just took a look at my statistics. Of course, the lion's share of you are in the U.S., but there's also family members in the U.K., Canada, and Australia, being English speakers, but also Korea, Nigeria, and the Russian Federation, among others. Praise the Lord that there's a hunger for God's Word in these places. I'd love to hear from you if you're listening in a country outside the U.S. And I can read it on the show. Reviews.lifespringmedia.com And if you have not signed up yet for the newsletter, why not? Go to news.lifespringmedia.com. I'll send you a weekly list of the readings for the week, and I'll have some other content there that you won't get on the show. News.lifespringmedia.com Remember, you can always subscribe at subscribe.lifespringmedia.com. There's links there to help you do that. And then, of course, on most podcast apps, just search my name, Steve Webb, or search for the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. And you know what? If you've got one of those dusty old podcast apps, get a new one at newpodcastapps.com. Why? Because those podcast apps there are podcasting 2.0 certified. They'll help you to see the new artwork, and uh, with them, you can stream sats and boost and send boostograms. (laughs) So, be sure you do that for yourself, and then tell a friend about the show and comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. I will read some of your comments. I want to hear from you. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Steve Webb. Bye.